Welcome to the Optimal You Podcast. This is pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 15 of the Ersfeld Pharmacy Optimal You Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. The goal of the Optimal You Podcast is to have a visit with providers and others in the healthcare industry in our area, and in this instance, a little bit beyond our area, that provide services that might be helpful to your in your journey becoming the Optimal You. If you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, I have a special offer for you as a gift for taking the time to listen. Uh, today's guest is uh, Dr. Charles Sefcik. He's a chiropractor out of Bismarck. Um, but before we start our visit with Dr. Sefcik, I need to let the listeners know that this podcast provides general information and a discussion about health and health-related subjects. The information provided in this podcast is not intended or should not be construed as medical advice nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. So just a little bit of background on our guest, Dr. Sefcik. Uh, he attended uh, chiropractic school at Northwestern Health Sciences University in Bloomington, Minnesota. He interned at Woodwinds Hospital in Woodbury, Minnesota, uh, which is an integrated health setting, uh, leading him into the fledgling field of chiropractic neurology and a lifelong passion to learn was started. Uh, with his first class with the Carrick Institute of Graduate Studies. He received his diplomat from the American Chiropractic Neurology Board and received the distinction of a board-certified chiropractic neurologist. Dr. Sefcik, thanks for joining the podcast today. We appreciate that you're taking the time to, to spend with us. So, Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Steve. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a kind of a snapshot about uh, you um, and your education. But tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, you know, where you're from, anything that you want to share. Well, with you, you pull up that Woodwinds internship. It seems like a lifetime ago, uh, but I've been in practice uh, for 17 years. And uh, I started a life enhancement clinic in Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, 17 years ago. And um, board certified chiropractic neurologist, uh, certified clinical nutritionist really just aiming to uh, be able to serve our patient base the best we can. And so uh, really enjoyed getting into that. I'm married uh, to uh, one wife for the last 22 years and uh, three kids, uh, Ethan, Aiden, and Jail. So 17, 15, and 12. And so it's kind of fun. They've been involved in the the growth of the clinic as well and kind of a family family business to, to some degree. Um, so, but so it, do, you, do you put them to work there? I, yes, I do. I do. So uh, JL, my 12-year-old, um, she's answered the phone the past couple of years, actually, if my receptionist is gone or on vacation. Uh, matter of fact, she was here yesterday answering some phone calls. So she'll That's do awesome. that. So I, I too, I had my two, two of my three daughters did deliveries for us. And obviously, my, my oldest daughter is a pharmacist. She worked for me for a while before moving to Minneapolis. So I, I totally get that. That's awesome. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm a second generation chiropractor, or not chiropractor, pharmacist. Oofta, second generation <laughs> pharmacist. I know that uh, I don't know what what your your father and your mother were, but I know your father in law also. It kind of runs in the family a little bit, huh? It does. So it's interesting. So my dad was an engineer. I always wanted to be a doctor. I knew that from a young age. And when I was in high school, I was in, involved in a car accident, so I was rear-ended, had a lot of neck pain and headaches. So I sought out chiropractic care for the first 
time who from who my father-in-law is now. And so when I was uh, in high school, the chiropractic care I received from Dr. Chuppy at the time really helped my neck pain and headaches. And I'm like, I really like this. And, um, and so then um, I started looking into pursuing my change my pre-med into uh, pre-chiropractic and just really fell in love with the more natural approach. And so um, that was kind of what segued me into chiropractic. And so that was my first experience. I came actually from a very strong medical background where um, it was kind of like drugs and surgeries, everything. And so I wasn't even exposed to this world that, that you can prevent disease and that you can take care of yourself and that you can have an optimal you. And so uh, it was, a, I think, a very providential um, experience, even have that car accident. And thankfully, there's no longstanding issues, but it was enough to get me off the track I was on to put me on a different track, which I really, really enjoyed and appreciated. And so, um, yeah, so... I guess I like the chiropractic care so much. I, I married his daughter, and <laughs> so now it's in the, now it's in the family a bit. So <laughs> yeah. that's interesting because I I my pathway is a little bit different. I was entrenched in traditional um, medication and prescriptions and things like that, and over the course of time, um, kind of segued gradually towards more of a a natural slant on things and trying to help people help themselves get out of, get out of their conditions, hoping to get to be the optimal you obviously. So, yeah, so that's, that's a great story. Thanks for the background on that. Um, I really like your website. Some of the things that you, that you talk about on there, um, you had a quote on here. Um, it is our mission to eliminate suffering and restore hope and wellness. Cause that's something that we can, that we talk about at our pharmacy too, kind of that, that hope, um, trust, and healing aspect of things. Can you? Can you? I, I know that you're uh, very involved in your your church. Maybe you want to share a little bit about that and how that kind of intertwines with your practice and and some of those concepts. Yeah, sure. So hope hope is a is a big thing. I, I think about that statement. You've heard it before. You can live for days without food. You know, hours without water, minutes without air, but you can't live for seconds without hope. And so in 17 years in practice, I've seen patients who have been told they'll, they'll never walk again. They'll never get out of the wheelchair. They'll never have, you know, taking hope away from them. And so in our office, in my primary treatment room, we have a word on the wall, hope that's intentional. We do not want to take away hope. I tell patients, they come and see me and I can't figure them out. I said, it's not that there's not an answer for you. I'm just not smart enough to have the answer yet, but we'll keep digging and we'll find out a network of somebody that knows the answer that can help you out. Um, but so I, I've just really, I, I love people. I do love people and I've, I've loved people all my life. Uh, my parents raised us to love people. My parents were people loving uh, as well. And, uh, I've been involved in ministry, uh, since the age of 17, I was involved in youth ministry for a long time. Uh, then I went advanced and I, I am an ordained minister. I passed a pastor at church. We started a church in 2020. Uh, so a pandemic year, uh, we started a church, planted a church in Mandan. And the Lord's blessed. It's been going going great. And so um, what's neat is there are so many needs in the it, it, we are we are physical, spiritual, mental beings. And there are so many uh, issues that people have. And as you lose hope, one of the greatest restorations of hope uh, is, is a spiritual balance based on the word of God, in my opinion. So now I can offer that to patients along with the, the physical, the supplementation, the diet and lifestyle changes, those things that matter. 
and provide a truly holistic care. And we see the result of that. And I think that's what really drives us is to see those changes. Well, if patients come in and they start to tell their story and you know how it is when you're dealing with your, your patients who come into the, ph the pharmacy and they actually have someone now who can give them an ear to literally truly listen to them. And their story has been ignored for so long. And they think now I can tell, and they just start crying. It's like, why? Because they get to tell their story and they get to somebody to listen to them. And that right there is a very powerful moment in a patient doctor interaction that this is uh this is why I do what I do. And, right. and then we have the tools. We've got some good tools that we can use to help them with their physical ailments and to help with their physiology so they can be, they can reach the goals that they have. And so that's, that, that's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I think you touched on a couple of things there, the whole mind, body, spirit type aspect that I don't think a lot of people are getting that. So they're hungry for that um, uh, kind of care that you're, that you're providing. Um, the listening thing, you know, I, I, we laughed because back in, in college, I, I took a class on listening <laughs> from, from, a, from a professor at, at NDSU and his, his name was Dr. Ubalodi. And the guy, I swear, had uh, ears that were so huge, and that's why they gave him that, that he was going to be in charge of listening. But one of the drug reps um, that's in, in Western North Dakota, actually, he and I took the same class back in, in, oh, wow. in the day. So there's a lot of pressure involved with that, though, because now my wife thinks that I should be a good listener. And when I don't, um, that that can kind of be an issue. But yeah, your selective listening—you can't use that as an excuse any longer. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, um, the the one of the things that that obviously you've done further education on is uh, this uh, chiropractic neurologist. Can you can you kind of explain a little bit what that that entails and how you use that as a tool to help your patients a little bit differently? Sure, sure. So chiropractic neurology is just a, a branch of the chiropractic profession. You can subspecialize in different areas in chiropractic as you can in other medical specialties. So you can go into neurology, you can go into uh, internal uh, medicine, you can go into pediatrics. And I chose chiropractic neurology. Um, I was exposed to Dr. Carrick as he lectured with the Carrick Institute and just saw some of the most profound, like, this can't even be real things until you start to see that it's it's just the neurology. And it's not just neurology like we learned in school where it's the hardwired systems, but we're understanding that you can influence the brain. The brain is very plastic, which means we can influence it to create a positive change. That neuroplasticity is an amazing thing. Now, that neuroplasticity can also be a negative thing if it's become so adept at at perceiving pain. That's a cycle we want to break and, and cut that off and then have it to be where you're getting more of the good signals in. But it really looks at how do how does the, the brain function? How do the hemispheres function? How is there a disconnect? And really what chiropractic neurology did for me is it helped me understand the chiropractic adjustment better. So when you think about our spine and you think about the, the uh, receptors that feed our brain. If you close your eyes right now, you've just lost visual input. You plug your ears, you just lost auditory input. But everyone listening to this podcast right now, the one thing that we all have acting on us is gravity. And gravity is acting on our joint mechanoreceptors. And it's the muscle spindles and our muscles and our joints of our spine. 
and all of that is being driven like an afferent drive, like a sensory input into the brain. And if the brain is receiving good information from all of the joints, it's going to actually be fed in a healthy way. And if it's not being activated, balanced or appropriately, we call that disaffrontation or difficult sensory input. And then the brain has a mismatch. And that can be perceived by the brain as pain or paresthesias or anxiety or depression or a whole host of things letting us know there's a disconnect. So the brain really needs three things. It needs fuel, oxygen, and activation. So we give fuel through supplements. We give fuel through diet. We can give oxygen also through breathing exercises. We can give oxygen through uh, supplements as well, like uh, endothelial support. And we can give activation through specific brain exercises. And so that is where we try to find out where is the imbalance in the brain? What is going on? What hemisphere is lacking? What cerebellar input is not working? What can we do to influence that through either the adjustment we can use colored lights, we can use sounds, we can use other sensory inputs to, to address that imbalance. Wow, that was a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. that's, that's incredible. And that, that, that kind of shows um, the complexity of, our, of our, our brains. I mean, they're very simple, but they're very complex in the same breath. Exactly. You know, um, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the use of light. Um, so from from where you started off in your practice 17 years ago to where you are today, like the technology, what what kind of technology and tools are you using now that you didn't use at the beginning? Um, well, you know, it's interesting because probably the, the technology I've stayed, I've stayed fairly simple in the technology in my practice. Um, with the exception, and I'm, I'm thinking about like low-level laser. We've used a low-level laser for about 15 years. So I've had that in pretty early in my practice. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the laser technology's changed. My first one's a giant laser, um, and, and now it's a handheld, and it's got four diodes. I mean, it's just a it's just a, a tech amazing, right? But other things have been, you know, still kind of pretty simple. Um, one thing I've seen change that I've used more of is lab testing. So I don't know if you used to do omega-3 testing back in the day. And so omega-3 testing used to be like venipunctured blood draw from the arm, 300 bucks to do it. Now it's a finger poke on a blood spot card. It's 80 bucks. And so right. that that's where I've seen technology really be an advantage that we can get more data on a patient in a, in a, a much, much less expensive profile and get way more information than we used to. So I see that being the advantage of technology. I don't have a lot of toys and gizmos and things. I've, I've kind of been just kind of kept it, kept it pretty simple. Um, I like to, Dr. Rakowski would always say, if you master the basics, you seldom need anything else. So I've just always tried to get really good at just observing and just kind of getting that stuff down. I like that approach. That's a, that's an awesome approach. So you mentioned a couple of things. So omega-3 testing, I'm going to actually, my next podcast is going to be with uh, Omega Quant Company. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, so you, so what is it, what is it like, like as a new patient, what are you, what are you going to, what are you going to, how are you going to approach that new patient as they come in to see you? Yeah. So new patient comes in and, and we schedule, we schedule about an hour with that new patient. And in that hour, it gives me the time to, first of all, listen to their story. 90% of diagnosis comes from the history. And so again, sometimes you'll see that patient and they're kind of like, oh, 
I don't know if this matters or not. And they seem almost sheepish to give you a part of their story because you can tell they've been kind of squashed everywhere else. And I'm like, no, tell me, tell me, this is all, this all matters. Every part of your story matters. And sometimes that little, that nugget they give that they were trying to restrain because they didn't know that they should share it. It's like, that's the final piece of the puzzle that explains everything. I'm glad you told me. Mm -hmm. So after the history, we go into an exam and we do a comprehensive exam on every patient. So in my office, we, we don't do a problem focused exam, meaning if you come in with ankle pain, I need to know what's going on with the ankle. Do you have instability in the ankle itself? Have you lost proprioception that's causing you to have the rolled ankles? Do you have a weakness in the glute? I mean, what's causing this? Do you have diabetic neuropathy? You can't, so you're not having sensual, you know, uh, sensation appropriate. So we have to identify what's going on. We want to find the root cause. We want to get down to the actual thing. So we examine from head to toe. And in that examination, I'm trying to find out the parts of the examination that as they arise, I'm educating the patient. Oftentimes I'm saying, hey, give me your phone. Let me take a picture of this. When you open up your mouth and you go, ah, 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 your palate should go up bilateral and symmetric. But when you go, ah, 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 your palate goes up on one side and just a little on one side. Well, the side of decreased elevation lets me know that's decreased vagal tone on that side. The vagus nerve controls heart rate, digestion, manufactures the juices for digestion. And so I'm talking to them about, okay, we're going to go ahead and get you some gargling exercises, some gag exercises, all these things, how that plays into their anxiety that they're presenting with, trying to connect their exam to them. And then um, if I'm looking in their ears and I'm seeing like dry earwax or I'm seeing earlobe creases, I'm talking to them about cardiovascular health. If I rub the back of their arms and they've got the little chicken skin, I'm saying, hey, fatty acid imbalances, vitamin A deficiency, the spots on the nails, all the things that we can find in the, in the, the exam that say we need to, to dig further. I try to, and I'm trying to think... I'd say most every new patient I see, I can't think of an exception uh, from with the, with the exception of infants, mm -hmm. but any person one year old or older gets an Omega Quant test in my office. Really? So your podcast okay. that you're doing with Omega Quant, yep. we do the Omega Quant plus on every single person. I think it's one of the most important tests that your listening audience should come and see you and say, give me that Omega Quant test because that is a marker of inflammation. That is a marker of uh, neuro uh, compromise. So if you look at your omega threes, I'd like to see them ten percent or higher. Mm -hmm. And if they are, if they're lower than that, that patient's going to have hormone disruption. That patient's going to have faulty thyroid. That patient's going to be at risk of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and ALS and neurodegeneration. They're going to be at risk of a heart attack and stroke. And the solution's so simple: you take fish oil. Right. How much fish oil do I need? Well, I don't know. So then the, the nice thing about the Omega Quant, if it's okay, I'll just talk about the Omega Quant yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But that, that other marker they give you on that is the arachidonic acid. Yeah. That's a pain marker. That's an inflammation marker. So I tell patients, listen, your Omega-3 are the firemen in the firehouse. The arachidonic acid is the number of homes on fire. You've got a lot of homes on fire and there's no firemen in the firehouse. You're in a world of hurt. So that's 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 part number one. I always check stomach acid with patients. Stomach acid's absolutely critical. 
So I do a betaine hydrochloride challenge on everybody. And they go home with some samples. They take that after a meal. Do they get any burning? We walk through them through that. I'm sure you talk about stomach acid with, with those that you see. That is so critical. And then I do rely a lot on blood testing. And so I like to see a, a blood panel. Mm -hmm. I like to see a CBC, chemistry, liver enzymes, vitamin D, uric acid. If I can get a C-reactor protein, a homocysteine, a fasting insulin, all those are great. And that gives me a complete picture. And now we can treat the patient. We can treat the person. We're not trying to just treat a condition. We can treat the person. So you're just kind of peeling back the layers of the onion, kind of trying to trying to see where, where we can help in, in different areas. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you ever, so you mentioned the betaine challenge, which we, we do do that as well. Do you ever do like the sodium bicarb, uh, test? The burp test? Yeah. Yeah. The burp test. I, I do, I, not as often as I do with the betaine hydrochloride. Okay. Um, if someone's like, they're just averse to it, which happens very, very infrequently. I will do the, the baking soda test and, and have the time to burp, you know, um, but then that's a good test. I, I kind of like, like that one, especially when I'm working with guys, because you always take it back to, you know, what do we do with your battery? How do we clean up your battery? And they get that. And then it's like, bing, I, yeah, now, now I know why it's taking me forever to burp. That makes sense. So I, I kind of like that as a visual aid, but I, yeah, that's, that's Not a great, good. that's a great walkthrough. I, and the, the, the Omega Quant test, I, I need to, we, we need to be a little bit better about, uh, explaining that 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 test to our patients and kind of getting them to to buy in on that so it really is one of the most important tests i've ever used in 17 years of practice wow it wow. It, it it makes that big of a difference in the clinical outcomes that we do it on every single person that's awesome so i i was uh telling my employees that i was going to be podcasting with you today and they're like oh my gosh Dr. Sefcheck, we love Dr. Sefcheck. You know, we could listen to him all day long, and and obviously we could probably podcast into the wee hours with you. Um, you don't have time for that, and I probably don't either. But um, uh, some of the things I, I so I asked him, what you know, what, what kind of questions would you like to to have answered? And I think that you know the readers can or the listeners can uh, get a little bit of a feel that uh, it's like cracking open a, an encyclopedia here. Um, there's just a, a wealth of information, but um, one of the things um, they they wanted to know about what what do you recommend for immune support? What's your immune support protocol entail? Yeah, so the biggest thing for immune support, <clears throat> especially this time of year, vitamin D. Okay, so I my opinion, and I talk to patients like this, vitamin D is the best flu vaccine there is. Vitamin D is going to be something that's going to support the immune system. Now, I also like to use things. Um, there is a product, um, Immune Resilience. Are you, yep. I'm sure you use that. Mm -hmm. um, I love Immune Resilience. And I love Immune Resilience for a, a couple of things. Not only does it support the resiliency of your immune system, but it also helps to wash out debris from an immune event that you've already taken and that you've already had. So let me explain that to the, to the listeners. When you are sick, your, your white blood cells come, they attack the infection and it leaves behind what we'll call a debris field. And that debris field, if we're not careful, leads, it, it has these things called damps. 
damage associated molecular patterns. Well, that debris field now says, oh, bring in more white blood cells. It, it tricks the immune system to saying there's still an infection going on. There's still something we have to deal with. There are things that you can use to clean out that debris field to stop that process from occurring. Resveratrol, luteolin, fish oil. And so you'll find in the immune resilience, resveratrol and luteolin in there. So I really love it for that. So I like immune resilience for people who have cognitive issues, who have brain fog, who are when getting sick all the time, up respiratory. I really like that. For immune support with a lot of the upper respiratory cough and sinus things that we're seeing right now, I love the aromatic oils. So your oregano, thyme, and rosemary, your Spectrum AR, I love that. Now, that's the one I have a love-hate relationship with because I tell patients, when you take it, it's going to give you a little bit of warming sensation. You're going to be burping up the rosemary, but that's how it works, right? You, you, you ingest it, and then it's the aromatic oils that come back in, and you actually inhale those in the lungs. That's part of the mechanism of how they work. And so we want that to happen. And so that works very well. And uh, quercetin and zinc and N-acetylcysteine, um, I, I think uh, those are just good things to stay on. Those are just good things to stay on with this whole uh, mess that we've had in the past couple of years and everything going on there. N-acetylcysteine is very helpful to really just um, keep things from replicating and also to, and, and again, NAC is a wonderful natural mucolytic. So we use that with our kids when they were just toddlers and, and they'd get like a, an upper respiratory infection they get that thick mucus. I'd put them on 600 to 1200 milligrams of NAC and it would thin that out. And that's what we'd use for that. So that's kind of my immune uh, go-tos. Well, I, um, we, we are recommending a lot of the same things. I didn't realize, you know, thinking about that aromatic oil and burping it up and getting into your lungs. Well, that's a great analogy because I, I, I hadn't heard that before. That's thank yeah. you. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Um, obviously, your your practices has evolved and changed over the years. You you um, uh, probably what's what percent chiropractic versus um, functional medicine do you kind of work on now? You know, I I definitely have I, I tend to do more functional medicine than chiropractic for a couple reasons. Now, if a person comes in and they're just a brand new patient. They've not seen anybody else. Uh, I always like to get my functional medicine practice to be chiropractic patients because I understand the importance of the chiropractic adjustment on brain health. I also like to get, if they're coming in for chiropractic care, I like to get them involved in functional medicine because it makes the chiropractic adjustment better. I've had patients come in who are dealing with migraines and they're seeing a chiropractor uh, literally twice a week for 15 years. Now, it wasn't me. I mean, that's a good chunk of change. It's an investment of a lot of money. But she was gluten sensitive, magnesium deficient, vitamin D deficient, and low fatty acids. That was the root cause. Mm -hmm. So now I don't need to see her for chiropractic care because there's, she's, she's no headaches, you know? And so, um, but a lot of my practice is referral based. And so I see a lot of patients from other chiropractors that are already under good chiropractic care. So I just bring them into the, the nest. We'll do our functional medicine service with them and they stay under the care of their chiropractors. So that's kind of where we see a shift. I'd say 60, 40 um, functional medicine to chiropractic probably. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm a pretty healthy guy. 
So I go to the doctor and they look at my blood work and it's all good. And, and, but I, but I haven't really incorporated chiropractic care only when I've been like had injuries or, or issues like that. What, what is, what, what should a person that overall is pretty healthy? What, what would you, how would you set them up on a, like a, a maintenance chiropractic care and what would that look like? Yeah. So you know, a couple of things. You said two things I want to, uh, to address. First of all, you said the doctor looks at your blood work and says you're healthy. And, and you know where I'm going, but I want the listening audience to know where I'm going. When you get your labs back, your labs can be, and I can show you, I can show you patients have been told everything's normal and they're so far to normal, it's ridiculous. Lab ranges are based on a sick population. Now, the average shoe size for a man, I don't know, is it size 9 to 13? Is that the average shoe size? I don't know. Yeah. I wear a size 13. Now, if the average man comes in with a size 9, I should be able to fit my foot in a size 9. and should be able to wear my size 13. It doesn't work that way. So we want to look at a tighter range of optimal health on our lab values. For example, ALT and AST, markers of liver function. The lab doesn't mark ALT as abnormal to you're like 65. But the research shows that once you're above 20, you're actually increasing your risk of death from all-cause mortality. GGT, another marker of liver function, when it gets to be above a 20, you start to increase your risk, like double your risk of diabetes. And yet the lab range goes up to, I don't know, 50 or 60. So you can be in the normal range and still be at risk of things. And so I wanted to throw that in there. But so maybe I'm not normal. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but but uh, <laughs> but, but send me your labs and we'll talk. But uh, no, and so I, I look at chiropractic care as this. I really like to look at uh, function over pain. So range of motion and strength of, of muscles. So I like to ch- check muscles. I like to check how. Is there, is there any weakness in the glute? Is there any weakness in the TFL? Is there any weakness in the psoas? Because let's say a patient comes in and they're, they're like, hey, I'm feeling great. I'm just here for like a monthly checkup. And at that monthly checkup, they're laying on their back. I'm going through their muscle testing and they have a really weak left TFL. Now that weak TFL could be due to pelvic torsion. It could be due to an active liver, gallbladder, neurophatic reflex. It could be due to I mean, a whole host of things. Now, it stands to reason that a weak TFL, which is a it's a tensor fascia lot on the side of the, the leg. That's the muscle I'm talking about. It's like a hip stabilizer. It stands to reason that if I have an imbalance in my hips every single time I take a step, and if I'm getting the magic 10,000 steps a day, then that's 10,000 times that I've lost the opportunity to have a good signal from that hip to my brain the contralateral side, which stands to reason that at some point, it's not a matter if I'm going to have pain, it's when will I have pain. And so I don't like to use pain as an indicator because pain's the last thing to show up and it's the first thing to go away. So I like to look at strength of the nervous system. I like to look at how is the nervous system connected to the muscles. And we check muscles from, from, from toe to, to head. And if we look for any imbalances, and if there's an imbalance, we find out why is it imbalanced, where's the structural problem, what's the nutrient deficiency, uh, what's the lifestyle change that we can do, we'll correct it, we'll see them again, and and uh, that's how we do our wellness care. Well, I like that. 
So I'm I'm thinking, you know, mention one thing that that pain is the last thing that shows up. It kind of kind of seems like in the functional world, pain would be kind of like insulin, <laughs> fasting insulin, right? You know, we don't look at that because that's what shows up way before a person's blood sugar is going to be elevated. Right. So, right. Yeah. And and why don't we? I, it, I, it's kind of funny because I asked one of the doctors. I said, "Do you test fasting insulin?" He said, "Well, no. I know if they're." If they're, you know, overweight, if they're fasting insulin's up, I'm like, okay, well, what do you, what do you do then? Well, uh, not nothing, not really anything. I'm like, <laughs> that like should be like, if you can head them off at the pass, why would you right. not do that? Right, because uh, in, insulin is like the root cause of every. So Alzheimer's is called type three diabetes. Yep. And so you look at people, they get their A1C checked, and they're like. Well, my A1C is normal, so I'm not. I'm told not to worry. Well, what if the insulin's so high it's driving their sugars down because they're in a flux? They're not. They haven't quite converted to diabetes, but their insulin's high. It's driving down their A1C to look normal, and yet here they're insulin resistant the whole time. So you know, I came across a. I used to test insulin with. Um, uh, you would take your finger poke, check your sugar, check your insulin, check your A1C drink the glucola drink, and then check your insulin every one hour for the next three hours. Mm -hmm. And it's cumbersome and it's, it's multiple blood samples. And then I came across a body of literature that showed that if you can check your fasting insulin, it's less than five. You're going to catch like 95% of all those kind of crazy patterns of insulin resistance. And you're going to catch it very, very early. So even though the test shows up to 26 as normal, I tell patients, you would be less than five. It's like A1C your brain starts to shrink in size when your A1C is greater than 5.3%. But you get to go up to 5.7. Right. <laughs> who, who wants a shrunken brain? You know? right. So you're exactly right. Why not cut it off with a pass? Yeah. I just want to confirm that my fasting insulin is less than five. <laughs> Good deal. That's excellent. So you're, so you're, that's, you're normal in that regard. <laughs> right. The one thing that may be normal. Um, <laughs> So I, um, one of the things that that's a common thread in, um, in, in your practice, your, your home life, your spiritual life is this, and you mentioned it, you love people. Um, I think for, for me as a practitioner, when I go to a conference and I know you're going to be one of the speakers, I'm always like my staff said, we're, we're pretty excited because you're, you're a wealth of information, but you know, you're, you're affiliated with Nutridi and you help um, educate other providers. So this trickle-down effect is continuous in really all aspects of your life. It's it's kind of a beautiful thing. Do you want to maybe share a little bit about um, your affiliation with Nutridi at all? Sure, sure. Well, and, and thank you for the kind comments. I'm, I'm glad your staff um, uh, likes me so much. Uh, it, it, it is humbling. And, and I, I feel... Um, it's kind of funny because when I see your your staff come in, uh, some of the like the most educated people in the room, right? And so uh, it's very almost um, nerve wracking for me. I get nervous uh, as, and things like that. But when I look, you know, I use Nutridine since I first started practice, and um, probably about ten or twelve years ago, um, they asked me to speak for them, and so there was an opportunity to speak. I think it was 2005 was the very first conference I did. And, um, and I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the um, uh, helping doctors because I feel if I can help doctors help patients, we can help more patients. 
And so um, then a few years ago, they asked uh, me to be, participate in the uh, science advisory board, at which they asked you as well. And I kind of teased them. I said, well, I just, you got this great panel of, of brilliant doctors. I just snuck on. I must, I'm meeting some kind of quota. They got to, they got to balance out the IQ somehow. So they brought me on and I, I was pretty thankful for that, but I really enjoyed the quality of Nutridine. And so and I first got into practice probably every, every year, probably twice a year, I would look at, at the industry and I would say, okay, do I want to use a different uh, company? Do I want to use somebody different? And I just never found anyone better. And there, there are other companies I use. I, I use 90 to 92% of my practice is Nutridine. Mm-hmm. There's other way, kind of wayward ones that I'll use, but I use them because quality is absolutely paramount to me. Um, I do not want to put anything in my body or my children's body that's going to be a, of an inferior quality. Uh, the most expensive treatment is the one that doesn't work. And if I'm sitting here taking vitamin D and it's one of the 11 out of 13 that over the counter at like Walgreens or CVS that doesn't even meet label claim or worse, she has contaminated. I did nothing. And the people say, well, I tried that. It didn't work. Well, you didn't really try it because it, I don't know what was in it. And so I, I tell patients, you want to find somebody, Earthfield's pharmacy, the quality is there, right? Number two, safety. I want to make sure that what we're using is safe. It's pure. It's potent. But then as a key for me, is it effective? Because as a clinician, it's an extension. Every time I write a script out and and I I recommend a supplement, my name is on the line. My reputation as a clinician is on the line. And so that's really what made me comfortable to work with Nutridine because I can tell patients, listen, uh, you've been doing this for two weeks and I'm not seeing the results I anticipate. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I wasn't taking it. Or I didn't want to get this one. So I went over to Walmart and got this or at Sam's club, you know, I got this and it's like, no, no, it's, it's not the same. You know, I had a, I'll, I'll, this, this will make you laugh. I had a patient come to me one time. I'm doing a live talk in the office. It was a, um, uh, on, on eating right and everything. And I was talking about fish oil. This is probably about 12 years ago. And I mentioned that it's cheaper to take the pure fish oil than it is to go to Sam's. And the, the husband of one of my patients is there and he yells out, you're a liar. Right in the middle of this talk. You know? I said, what do you mean? I'm a liar. You know, he says, I can get a way cheaper bottle at Sam's club. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Sam's club and I want you to price out per dose what you would need. Now he can get a bottle of 600 capsules at Sam's club for three eighty six, but right. it takes, it takes 30 capsules to get one gram of fish oil. You got to look at the dosing. He comes back in the next week. He goes, I'm sorry. I did the math. It's like a dollar 26 a day to take the pure stuff. And it's like three eighteen to take the junk stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, I just, I wrote a, I just wrote an article for the paper. I, I wrote one every week. Um, for a newspaper and I wrote it on quality and um, that that's exactly the thing that I, I use because I was going through Costco and I'm like oh there's a thousand milligrams of fish oil on that just walking in they have all these supplements on the wall and like I kept walking I sort of turned around and came back and I'm like I need to look at that bottle you know I, I swam against uh, swam against the sea of carts that were coming in and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why you need to take 16 of these to get the same yeah. dose as you would, you know, a, a thousand milligram. So, yeah. 
yeah, it's it's the labeling and, and all that stuff. And then the testing, like you said, I mean, you're able to test to verify that they are getting what they what they should be getting as well. So um, I'm going to ask you one last question because I know we're we're going we're going deep, but this is great information. So what's the one nugget you would um, have people do like right now today to help turn, you know, start the, the turning their health around? What thing would you recommend? Manage stress. Stress is the biggest killer. It is the it is the thing that's causing more demise than anything else. And so I would say manage stress. And how do you manage stress? Um, use of adaptogens. Adaptogens are very, very powerful. So I really think it's almost getting to a foundational intervention for me using adaptogens. And then I was listening to a podcast um, just yesterday and they were interviewing uh, Michael Rosen, one of the leaders in anti-aging medicine. And he shared the things that when you look at, if, if you have a very poor diet, versus a extremely healthy diet, you're looking at a, a, a flux of 24 years, either adding to your life or depleting from your life. But when you look at stress, the top 16 of the 100 things that can cause stress, divorce, loss of a spouse, sick parent, those loss of a job, forced relocation, then those can actually decrease your lifespan by 35 years and your risk of dying within the year of that of those three events happening is is great. And so, one of the things that he says is one one is a, a posse. Have a posse of friends. Have six friends that you are close to, that you connect to, that you're calling on a regular basis, that you can be vulnerable with. Have that have that social aspect. Purpose. You need to have purpose so that you can get up and why am I getting up today? What's my purpose? And then you want to have play. I, I want to be able to uh, have some hobby, have some fun, uh, you know, work hard, play hard. And mm -hmm. then the fourth thing he said was a locus of control. They did a study with men who drove a bus, a city bus, and they all had the same route, had the same timetable. They had to do everything exact. And the only thing they changed was they allowed some bus drivers to decorate their cab. So they would decorate it with the seasons and they had a little bit of control over how they decorated their bus. The other group had no control. And the ones that had a little bit of control of the situation lived longer, lived healthier. So have a posse of friends, get out and play, have purpose in your life and have something where you can bring some control into your life. And I tell patients, listen, when the world is out of control, you put it in the hands of the one who's in control, and that's the Lord. And I believe that brings control back into our life. So I would say manage stress, number one. Wow. That's a that's a great, great way to end this. Um, your words of wisdom are, are prophetic. So thank you. Um, thanks for thanks for joining me on the podcast. I, I did you. I did say that um, we'd have a little reward if you made it this far. And that is that you can take 25% off one supplement of your choice if you use the code Dr. Charles Sefcheck Podcast. Now you have to spell that correctly to get that. Um, I, and I don't know most of you guys aren't going to be able to do that, but I'm just kidding. Um, so call in, whether you have a phone in order or stop in the pharmacy, just mention that you listen to the podcast and we'll take care of you. So Dr. Sefcek, uh, this was a pleasure. Our patients are, I guess, one last question. Yeah. How, how do patients reach you? How do, how do uh, if somebody wants to come and uh, uh, schedule an appointment? Do you do, do you do virtual at all? 
Yes, we actually do. Are we doing more virtual now? So the best way to schedule is to call the office at 701-323-0266 or our website, www.leclinic.com. Awesome. So with the Life Enhancement Clinic in Bismarck, that's the easiest way to get a hold of us. I know that um, I know that uh, one of those science meetings that we had online. I think I think you challenged me to a cage match at uh, Dr. Christy Moreland's gym. Is, do you think that'll ever happen or not? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of busy this year. Uh, <laughs> we might have to do that in 24. <laughs> Got it. Well, we'll, we'll work on that. So, thanks again. Hey, we thanks, appreciate Steve. you. Our patients appreciate you. And uh, as always, uh, I like to finish it off with be vigilant about your health. As always, be vigilant about your health.